0: waiting for Ashley to come to the podcasting room I assume it'll happen Uh, not her fault we got up late we got up late we decided not to do this thing last night and we're like we're gonna get up early and we are gonna do it got up late you know but hey, that's what you guys are tuning in for, baby. <laughs> it's not about being perfect. It's about being real. Uh, all right. Okay,
1: welcome to Reality Blows.
0: Hey. What? Don't be like that. How was I? Do it nice. Make it nice. gentlemen thank you for tuning in to the reality blows podcast my name is nick maritato
1: i'm ashley brooke roberts
0: we are here to talk about reality tv like we do every week
1: and also ourselves
0: and also ourselves uh if you're tuning in for the first time we are a couple uh, all right you're not gonna get that by listening to us because we are at each other's throats non-stop Um, but we are a couple. We do talk about reality TV because we watch a lot of reality TV on today's program. Uh, we're going to be talking, uh, about a little show called celebrity ghost stories. Oh, that's right. And, uh, you know, um, before we get into it, uh, Ashley, uh, why don't you tell the fine folks at home how they can help us out?
1: Uh, We would love it if you would subscribe, if you would rate and review on the Apple iPod app. Just scroll down to the bottom. You can put in five stars, write something nice, and we really appreciate it. It makes our day. Um, And, you know, I know that all the diehard blowhards out there, They're they're tuning in right now. They're listening. They're going, Ashley sounds a little under the weather. And I would like to let you know, I'm not under the weather. I just uh, smoked a bunch of cigars at the racetrack yesterday. Jumping
0: on a cigar (laughs) at the track. Betting on the horses.
1: Because it was Father's Day.
0: Because it was Father's (laughs) Day. So
1: we went to New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And we lost money.
0: Yep. Lost money at the track. uh, But it was all worth it. Got to hang out with my dad. Ashley um, came along. My father was very happy to see Ashley on Father's Day. And uh, we went to uh, the track. Actually, I'd never been to the track before. Never
1: in my whole life have I been to a racetrack. Yeah. I mean, I've been to a racetrack with cars. With cars, but not with horses. Not with, with horses. horses. And
0: you're not betting on those cars. Not betting on the cars. No. Um, at least not at a, a not public legally. window. That's right. Do people bet on, on the...
1: I'm they sure. They must, They've right? I mean,
0: I've never been to a car race It's before. loud. It's, it is loud. It's not that fun. And, and you go to the ones where they go in the circle. Uh-huh. I've been to – there's some shitty one called uh, Raceway Park, Freehold Raceway Park or something like that. Why
1: does everyone in New Jersey hate Freehold? I feel like Freehold comes (laughs) up all the time. Oh,
0: no. We just talked about it because there is another – there is a horse track in Freehold. But this – and it's lesser than the one that we went to, which is Monmouth Racetrack. But Freehold uh, Raceway Park, um, there was a fun commercial on on the radio for it – with like this sped up, high pitched voice that would go, oh, ho, 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 "Raceway Park." I can't do it. I used to do it pretty good when my before my balls think- dropped. <laughs> <laughs> but you uh, painted a pretty good picture it there. Was, uh, I finally went once because uh, when I was older, my friends started getting into cars, so we went, and it was like a um, it was like a legal drag racing. Basically, you know, they do like. 100 meters and it's just cars that guys like build in their garage like mm-hmm. i know that's all cars mm-hmm. but this was like something there was no color coordination like this was now, just like a guy with like a trans am and a guy with like a mustang and then they would race which is awesome
1: what reality show were we watching at some point where yeah. a guy on it in his spare time was a race it car called, builder
0: i forgot oh in his spare time I know know what it was. It was the
1: people who love chickens. That documentary or I love chickens. Yeah. 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 The guy on the the spare time the the guy
0: with some some mental issues. They all had (laughs) mental stuff going on. Guy though. They all uh, had
1: some antisocial tendencies.
0: Yeah, but uh, no, I was watching that Discovery Channel show called like uh, Street oh, Ghosts yeah. or something for a while. New
1: Orleans Drag Racers.
0: Right. This That seemed like it was illegal to do that, even though it was a shoot because they were afraid of the cops. But this was like a park in which like you would go inside the gates and do the thing. Yeah. But, but I've never been into the one, like, one where they're going around the thing.
1: Have you ever been to a monster truck rally?
0: Um. I may have seen monster trucks when I was a kid, but yeah, not in a long time, and I can't really recall it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I had to see Gravedigger in his uh, in his prime. He's a wrestler. No, Gravedigger Uh-oh. is the uh, the was the big monster truck that they would they would always like use on the posters. Oh, Gravedigger. I thought it was a national thing. Gravedigger. He was kind of like the most famous monster truck guy. The name of the car was Gravedigger. Oh, uh, so. But so, yesterday, uh, you got to see them them ponies running around. Oh my God,
1: the horses were beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> they were so pretty. Um, you are surrounded by degenerates and yeah. their families.
0: Are they degenerates, or are they just people? Yesterday was a very specific time. It was Father's Day. Yeah. Uh, so Father's Day at the track. Not only that, but in New Jersey now, sports betting is legal, and Monmouth Racetrack, I believe, is the first place aside from Atlantic City in New Jersey to allow sports betting. If you don't know what sports betting is, uh, it's where you can gamble legally on pro sports. Anything that is a pro sport, you can gamble on it. So when you walk in, there are huge screens, and it's just like, you know, hey, the PGA, uh, the uh, the the US Opens on. Okay, well let's Nick bet on golf. Nick pointed out.
1: Nick pointed out that you could um, bet on the WNBA. You can
0: bet on the WNBA. He got so uh, excited. <laughs> yeah, I believe it might even be the finals, or I don't know. I don't I don't keep up on the WNBA like I used to. But it was an interesting situation. I, I like think there bring... weren't degenerates. No. I think, I... I think there obviously were degenerates yeah. there. But yesterday was not a good depiction of what like a Tuesday at the track would be.
1: If you ask me what I think about the track, I would say lots of cute kids. Mm. You know, so many cute little four-year-olds yeah. running around. Dad's got in free. Um, not dads, men, men got men in free. Got, how did
0: that make you feel? You were, all, you were there with two men yeah, and uh, you had to pay $5 and go through the, the gate and we got in for free. What did that make you feel like? Couldn't care less.
1: What do you mean? It's Father's Day. I don't care. If it was Mother's Day and women got in free, I'd be like, ha ha. Yeah. And I would stride through those gates.
0: There's a lot of instances when women get in free to places like that. We suffer in other ways. You in do. Society. I'm not coming at you. Listen, I know you want to have this argument right now. I feel now. like you're coming at me. You're I'm asking not, me how did I feel. No, I wanted to know uh, what it was like to be on the uh, to be singled out as the lesser than sex yesterday. <laughs>
1: It was fine. Yeah. It was Father's Day. I was cool with it. I was cool with it. If they yeah. said veterans get in free, I'd be cool with that. Yeah. You know, I'm cool with that. I'm fine.
0: I wouldn't be cool with that. I was like, <laughs> you better make them veterans pay. I don't need them veterans getting in for free, having all that extra pocket change. <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, I was fine with it. I mean, I didn't have money and you had to pay for me. So really, I got it <laughs> for free anyway.
0: Do you recall some of the names of the horses that you bet on? I know that
1: the first horse that I bet on was Proud O'Patty.
0: Proud O'Patty.
1: Uh-huh. And then I bet on one called Day to Day. Yeah. Day to Day.
0: It was Day to Day.
1: And then I bought. I, brought, I bet on another one called Lino Silver, I think. Mm-hmm. And then um, two times I bet on somebody, it was right at, like, the minute mark or the last second of betting. So I just ran up and said, three on one to win. And I didn't (laughs) know what the name was. (laughs) Um, Because, yeah, that was fun. My favorite part about the track was, like, learning the lingo and, like, how to bet and Uh the the language that you need to say. Because if you guys hadn't been there to tell me, like, what to say, I would have just been like, I would like to put $3 on horse number, you know, horse name, blah, blah, blah blah and then i wouldn't know like that you could bet to like in right. my well, that mind would have
0: worked you would have been able to do what you did but you're in my set. mind
1: if you bet on a horse you're betting it to place you're not betting it to either win get second or get third do you know what i mean
0: i don't know what you mean when you're betting on a horse you're betting it to uh, place to go second
1: to get something
0: no so win place show place is oh second.
1: okay i meant place. show is like,
0: third win is win
1: I meant just like get into get in the there. top three. Right, okay. Like you're like, I'm gonna put five dollars on number one. So if he gets third place, right. you're like, oh, number one got third I, place. I, I believe
0: I it's called exact boxing. OK, when, when you put up when you put a couple of horses up there and then they're all in the top three or something. I don't know. It's a little that's a little crazy for my blood.
1: I did have a lot of interactions with the better. What are those guys called? The bookies,
0: I think the, bo- the tellers, maybe
1: I had interactions with them. Apparently, I feel like your dad and your the, the guys in your family that we were with yesterday were talking about the bookies or the tellers as if they were no nonsense. They'll kick you out of here type guys. Yeah and i just had funny interactions with them where they seemed to be um, they seemed to be going along with whatever stupid thing i was yeah. doing yeah <laughs> so, what kind of stupid things well so i was in line and then um, Frank, who's like part of Nick's family, he's a, a an Italian man who brought the cigars.
0: He, um,
1: <laughs> you know, he's, I'm painting a picture for you guys. Frank from New Jersey. He came up to me and he said, uh, do me a favor. And he handed me a $20 bill and he had written on the bill, $10, Ten, I want to put $10 to box 11 and 12. He's like, just tell him $10 to box 11 and 12. And he gave me a $20 bill. And so I went up there and I placed my bet, which was three on one to win. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said, um, and, and I'd like to put $10 to box on 11 and 12. So they took my $20 bill and then they didn't give me change And I was like, I need, I I should get $10 back because I put $10 on 11 and 12 to box. And he said, yeah, that's $20. And I said, no, but I put $10 on it. It was $10, so I should get $10 back. We went back and forth for about, I don't know, 10 seconds before he said, you're betting on two horses, lady. (laughs) It's going to cost $20. And then I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And then I left. And then the last time I went up there, it was right before they closed, and I put a bet in. And the guy, what did he say to me? He says, uh, uh, "You're living on the edge, lady." Yeah, I guess
0: <laughs> <laughs> like the horse, the races. That was the one where you're like, "I'll put it, I'll put it, I'll bet it all on <laughs> a, 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 no shoes for daddy." <laughs> <coughs> right
1: Excuse before me. they close, and he goes, "You're living on the edge, lady."
0: Yeah, but that first time when you said ten dollars on whatever two yeah, horses, ten
1: dollars to box on eleven and twelve.
0: Yeah. So um, what I thought was uh, interesting about that is like you were at a different uh, window and then like you had passed me and my dad who are waiting on the other line. Yeah. And you were just like shaking your head. You're like, this place is very confusing, very confusing. <laughs> you really thought, didn't you tell the person though? Didn't you say, I'm going to go back and ask. Yeah. And if I find out that you're ripping <laughs> me off, I'm coming back here. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I was um, like,
1: okay, I'm going to go find out for
0: sure. Yeah. But
1: um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to be upset if I find out well, I should have gotten $10 back.
0: I'm no pro. Either you know, I've I haven't been in the track in a long time, and probably the last time I was at the track, maybe I wasn't even legally allowed to bet. So my mom or my dad was doing it for me. Um, so, but I knew kind of some of the lingo. I knew you just put money on something to win. That's kind of how you you know the normal way. I would say in the non-advanced way. Um, but I, you know, I tried to get a little tricky, and um, I I said uh, I would like. I think I said I would like to box something. All I know is I had I wanted to put ten dollars on, and then I had three horses that I wanted. Um, and I was I said ten dollars on uh, one, two, and three to win, play, show, or whatever I said. And the guy was like, "That'll be thirty dollars." Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, thirty? Oh, okay." <laughs> and I didn't want to per- I I gave the man thirty dollars and then watched. All three of those horses come in last. <laughs> Each of them held hoofs uh, as they walked <laughs> slowly. Um, oh,
1: the best part was when we first got nobody there. Nobody won. Did anybody win that we no, were with? No, nobody we won. Nobody we were with won. But the best part was when we first got there and we put in our first bet uh, immediately in the first 10 minutes of us being there, your horse was pulled.
0: Yeah, it got scratched. Yeah. It was, it, was it, acting it, up. It, it was in it was a late scratch. They were in this st- in like the little stable area where they were about to be released to race. And you just saw some confusion. And then uh I had put money on the four horse and it seemed like the four and five horse were having words with one another. This a scuffle broke out and I think they deemed that the four horse needed to be scratched. So that's a bummer. That's a bad omen when the first uh, uh, race you bet on. The the horse is like, I'm out of here. Yeah, you know? I've had it. But overall,
1: I thought it was a fun, cheap way to lose money. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I could go back there. Yeah,
0: there's like hot dogs and hamburgers. I got yeah. a pulled pork sandwich for crying out loud. I
1: tried to eat food, but as a vegetarian uh, slash vegan sometimes, so, well, you know, 90% of the time, it was hard. I had yeah. corn.
0: You had corn. They were there selling corn with cheese on it. And yeah. you're like, give me that corn with cheese on it. And then I ordered the uh, the corn on the cob, and it came without the cheese. It was just corn. And you looked at me like you wanted to murder me. I
1: needed some fat at that point, because you're out in the sun. You're hot.
0: Oh, I'm, I am burnt this morning yeah. i feel it on my arms Me too. <laughs> you're just sitting in direct sunlight direct and then chomping on cigars not to mention yeah we were chomping on cigars and uh boy oh boy i thought i was really cool with that cigar uh everybody was like hey that pomodoro that's pretty strong the one that you picked you better watch out and i'm like yeah you know i've had a cigar before chomped on it It was a lot of fun smoked it at the track you could just smoke around children and babies it's great." Uh, The entire ride back to Brooklyn, I was uh, enjoying some acid reflux on that cigar, like, (laughs) the entire time. Oh, no. Uh, And then sitting at home, like, I brushed my teeth when I came home, and then I brushed my teeth again before I went to bed. And this morning, I brushed my teeth. I could still sort of feel... That there's, be a, there's some sort of cigar Something's in wrong. there. There's yeah. a cigar in my mouth somewhere, and I'm going to find it.
1: Well, I showed up. So Nick drove me straight to a show, a, a comedy show in Manhattan. I showed up to this comedy show. I'm burnt. I smell like cigar. I can barely (laughs) talk. My voice is all ragged. Everybody's like, where were you at the fucking track? (laughs) I'm like, yeah, and I lost a lot of money.
0: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh, We had a good Father's Day. Shout out to all the fathers out there. I hope hope your uh, Father's Day was a lot of fun. Shout out to uh, my dad uh, for suggesting we go to the track. We had a a good time. Uh, Ashley had a nice little uh, first time experience. And that's what it's all about. Uh, uh, Well, it's not what it's all about. Uh, Because uh, what it's uh, all
1: about is reality television.
0: That's right. And when we come back, we are going to talk about celebrity ghost stories, ladies and gentlemen. And we are going to talk some ghosts. So if it's nighttime, make sure you get your nightlight on and you snuggle up with your best teddy bear because we're about to kill you. (laughs) Okay, guys, we'll be back in a sec. We're back, Uh, guys. I hope you bought a gun. And guns then, don't
1: kill ghosts, baby.
0: uh Well, we don't know that. Wh- that is not proven. Fine. Did you buy a plasma shooter? What What, what would kill a ghost? I think
1: a plasma shooter.
0: Something like that. Yeah. What's the thing? What are they? Are you Are you into Ghostbusters? Yeah. Ghostbusting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is the thing that they use? uh that that like that they're not crossing streams with like their gun a is that a plasma g- gun? Yeah. And then they shoot that to sort of wrangle it. And then how do they, they pull get it, it in that little box? Yeah, how do they get it in that box? They is just it-
1: like pull it down like a fishing. They're like
0: fishing. I know, but it like it seems like it almost gets stuck in the box.
1: Yeah, and then they take it to that contraption in the, contrapment. the, comp- the- <laughs> contraption. Contraption? <laughs> contraption. I was I was combining <laughs> compartment and contraption <laughs> because it is a. Comp- compartment that's also a contraption back at their headquarters where they store all of them mm. you know they like put the little box into the thing and then it goes yep. into the bigger tube I, i've seen
0: it i was just wondering if there was like a vacuum on that son of a bitch
1: i think that has something to do with nuclear uh power
0: oh nuke they we uh-huh. got to denuke the uh ghostbusters that's what i say uh ever walk by the ghost the uh the um
1: yeah uh-huh did Tribeca.
0: yeah well let's yeah. say what it is the uh, firehouse the firehouse of uh-huh. the ghostbusters the uh Outside uh, shot of the Ghostbusters is in uh, the Tribeca. In now, Tribeca. didn't we
1: go to a show when we were right across the street from it?
0: We, yeah, and it yeah. was. It's, it must have been the. It must been Ghostbusters week or something. Yeah, they had the Ghostb- it, It's not always out there. They had
1: the, the little mobile. Mobile. What the Mobile. hell is that thing
0: called? Guys, I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, let's we're talking too much about this.
1: <laughs> First off, it is a hearst, is what it is. It is a hearst. And then they've just they've they've yeah. souped it up.
0: It's a souped up hearst.
1: Um, but we're not here to talk about the Ghostbusters or Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. We're here to talk about um celebrity ghost hunters and our approach to getting into it. Because last night we sat down to watch some reality television. We watched all the regulars this week. We watched Jersey Short, we watched X on the we watched Champs vs. Stars. We finally finished Real Love. Uh, we
0: finished Real Love.
1: I mean, we watched about 20 hours of reality television this week, <laughs> but we wanted to watch something new for this show. Yeah. And we decided to, uh, to you know, peruse the listings on Hulu, Netflix, yeah. see what the offerings were. Lots of um, house shows, so many house shows, so many food shows. So here's
0: the thing. Okay, so I, I don't know why we'll talk. I, I don't know why I'm bringing this up on this podcast. This is for off the show stuff. But you know what? Maybe it is. When I'm looking for shows to talk about on here, I'm like, oh, maybe we'll do, you know, uh, something with food. like a f-. And then I'm starting to think, is a food show where like a guy like just say diners, drive-ins and dives, you yeah. know, a guy walks around, goes to different restaurants, eats their cool food, talks to a chef about it. Uh, we, we watch them eat it. Is that a reality show? Yes. Or is that a food show? Yes. It's food reality? Yes. Okay. Like okay, then what about a guy who is just like building a house? Yes. Like what about Bob Vila, right? If we do that old Bob Vila this old house. I uh,
1: love it. Is that a reality show or is no. that a home
0: improvement show?
1: It's a home improvement show. But that's not it is real. But it existed before the genre of reality television. Yeah, but so did
0: those food shows. Did they? Yeah, Food Network was a network long before they were doing stuff like The Bachelor.
1: I am like really disappointed in all the, um, the college people out there, all the professors, all the uh, social, cultural, um, you know, writers for not breaking down reality television's importance in a book and then explaining all these subgenres to us.
0: Hey, that could be our book. Got, it, it could be, you're I'll right? I'll tell you what. Once when we have a Patreon in 4 years. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Part of that Patreon will be like uh we'll we'll dedicate some of our money to the making and the funding of this book. That Writing we're write. essays.
1: Well, I'm just sick of people like when I'm talking to someone and I mention reality television and then they go, "Ugh, I don't watch that trash." Yeah. And they roll their eyes. I'm sick of it. Because it's not trash. It is a fascinating window into the human psyche. And people like are so quick to discredit it. Am I it. allowed
0: to talk about... I'll be very general. Yeah. am I allowed to talk about where that comment came from? You are. Uh-huh. Okay. Just be general. I'm being, yep. Okay. Ash- but that, I- Ashley is involved in something called Project A. Yeah. We've talked about this before. Project A happens to be a docuseries. Um, some people involved... On the documentary side of the docu series, uh, ha- are privy to this podcast and the fact that Ashley loves reality TV, and on multiple occasions she's mentioned her love for a specific reality TV show, and she has gotten that response. Yeah, which was what again?
1: Oh, I don't watch that trash, or I, I you know I'm not. It's not the right political climate to be watching reality television. Here's
0: what I think. I think docu-series people are real afraid to be classified as reality TV. So they have to distance. They should be honored. They have (laughs) to distance themselves. They have to pretend as though there's uh, something different between a docu-series and a reality TV show, an episodic reality TV show. There are slight differences, but guess what? We're all learning about humans. It's all humanity. And it's just the way that it's framed. And if the framing system is what changes it, so be it. But don't you tell me that a docu-series and a reality show either is lesser than the other. Because they're both doing, they're both documenting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're both both documenting. documenting. They're both shedding light on the simple man. Right. Right. Um, and the behaviors of people when they get right. put on
0: camera. Now, in my opinion, the show that we watched last night, Celebrity Ghost Stories, seems more like a celebrity docu-series than a reality TV show.
1: Interesting. Uh,
0: they're just documenting uh, accounts in which celebrities had interactions with ghosts Um, so speaking of we might as well get right into it Uh, last night we watched uh, an episode from season one it's on Hulu if you'd like to go out uh, go and the uh, people that were involved in this episode were
1: Carrie Fisher, Fisher John Waters
0: John Waters, Rue McClanahan, and the guy who played Furio on The Sopranos. (laughs) Um, Carrie Fisher, obviously Princess Leia. Um, um, R.I.B. John Waters, um, you know, director, director made Hairspray, um, a a bunch of amazing movies. Uh, Rue McClanahan played Blanche. On the Golden Girls. Yeah. Um, and uh, Furio was Furio on uh, Sopranos.
1: <laughs> First off, yeah. First off, let's just say this is a star studded lineup. Yeah, this is
0: a big one. Uh, were you surprised about John Waters? I was. I, I didn't think they would have been able to get John Waters for this. I, I'm
1: surprised they were able to get any of these people for this because this seems, this is Furio? A- Okay, Furio makes sense. But this is a rinky-dink show. The production value is bad. The CGI is bad. The, r- the, the reenactments
0: outs, are horrible.
1: Horrible. I mean, this is a rinky-dink show. These people are not going on this show for money or clout. They are going on this show because they have a story to tell, which makes it even more compelling.
0: Okay, I think that there's a mix of the A and the B there. I think there are some people that aren't that... I don't know. I I think maybe some of them are going on there for some clout.
1: Carrie Fisher doesn't need to go on this show. John Waters doesn't need to go on this show.
0: All right, so let's go. Let before we jump in at the actual stories of this episode and and what we think of them, let's talk about our approaches to something that would be classified as scary.
1: Yeah, it's tough. It's okay. tough.
0: Personally, for me. Yeah. I um and I'm not like oh I'm not afraid, but like I'm not afraid of. Uh, television or movies that are about ghosts. Now, I
1: think we need to put a disclaimer here because I think that people might be listening and go, why do we need to talk about our approaches to things that are scary when you're talking about celebrity ghost stories? Clearly, that's not classifying as something that's scary, but they don't know who they're dealing with. Uh, Yeah,
0: and that's when we were going to get to you.
1: Which is me, which is me. So I'm the problem in this relationship when it comes to anything paranormal. Oh, just cut it right there. (laughs) (laughs) When it comes to anything paranormal, scary, anything that maybe the lighting is low, or <laughs> or there's some bizarre hand movements going on, any yeah. sort of um, anything out of the ordinary, I will get scared. And so what happens is we have to have a conversation when before we watch something like this, where we're where we're going through, you know, eighty cooking shows, eighty house building shows. Finally, we land on celebrity ghost stories. We're looking at it. We're seeing this lineup, and Nick's going, "Can we?" Can we watch this? Can you watch this? Yeah. Will you be able to go to the bathroom by yourself tonight? Yeah.
0: And I pretty much thought Celebrity Ghost Stories, we were in the clear. Um, because we had watched uh, an episode or two previous, and I don't remember having issues there. Also, I mean, the reenactments, you know, are are so janky and, and so low budget that, like, are you really going to – are they going to be able to manipulate you into being afraid of these things? And also – The show is not meant to scare, you know, like uh, a lot of, uh, you know, most, you know, if you're going to see a horror film or you're watching a scary TV show, you know, like that was written. You know that's there to get that energy out of you. This show is just like to show you a celebrity and hear about their interesting story.
1: They try and make it scary. Uh, that I little mean, girl with the burns on her face well, standing okay. in the so hallway. We'll get into it. Come
0: on. So we'll get into it. Uh, uh, you know, spoiler alert. Ashley got freaked the fuck out <laughs> <laughs> in, in one of these things. Um, also, Ashley, I want to I want to add this. I know there's so much lead up to talking about this rinky dink show, yeah. but. Uh, this is what the show is. Me and Ashley talking, exploring. Uh, do I have to tell you that? No, no. But I will. I will con- continue to defend myself. Ashley, um, it, she is afraid of scary, vi- like visual things. Yeah, and you know she's an easy scare, easy but scare. she's also so interested, fascinated, and, and fascinated by this stuff. So if I go and see a movie. That's a scary movie that she would never go see in the theaters. If I come home and she's there and I tell her it was good, Ashley wants me to explain pl- like, scene, by scene. scene by scene the entire <laughs> plot.
1: Yeah. Nick just saw Hereditary, which I will never watch. And as soon as he came home, I was like, okay, well, I'm ready for the story. Get into it.
0: And so for all of you people out there who have seen the movie Hereditary, first of all, if you haven't seen it, it's a scary movie, and you should definitely go see it because it's scary as hell um was I scared in the theater there were some moments but it didn't it didn't stick with me that's just sort of my thing I'm I I don't really uh harp on that sort of stuff um but uh Ashley when I described the plot to her got so scared yeah Uh, like she'll still get scared and she'll scare herself and she'll think about it so we're going into this ghost story show and uh, the first person who tells their story is who?
1: It is Carrie Fisher Carrie
0: Fisher. And what was Carrie Fisher's whole story? About?
1: Her story. I'm just going to boil it down to a couple of sentences. She had a friend who um, was in town visiting. He was spending the night with her. They had been out partying for the Academy Awards. Um, she went to bed early. He came home and he went to bed next to her. She woke up in the morning. He had passed in the night. He was dead. He was 42. He'd had a heart attack. Um, and then she said that after that in the house, there was a weird feeling like you're walking through water. There was a thickness in the air. Um, she said that other people could hear strange, you know, she was hearing strange noises. Other people could hear strange noises. And then one night she had this little toy that her and George Lucas both had name dropped JL uh, GL, excuse me. And she said that the toy would say like, um, would say insults to you. You know, it was like this little speaker and she could hear it going off in the room where her friend used to stay. And the insult it was saying or the phrase it was saying over and over again was, uh, you talking to me? You talking to me? So this toy's going off and it's literally asking her if she's trying to communicate with it. She calls a psychic into the house. The psychic says he's still here. He's shocked. He's having a hard time moving on. And that was the story.
0: Yeah. A couple things from that story. Number one, this happened years ago. 42. No, the guy was 42. Oh yeah. But it happened like 40 years ago or something like it. I, you know, it was back when, you know, I think she had a lot more fun happening in her life. Winky winky. Um, and, uh, apparently this guy who stayed with her would like to come and stay and then go to all the Hollywood parties. and, the night of the Oscars, I think
1: Academy Awards, yeah,
0: yeah. So that he, uh, she came home early. He came home later with his assistant. His assistant slept in his room, so he slept in her bed, in um, Princess Leia's bed, and then died in his sleep. Princess Leia woke up. Carrie Fisher woke up, looked at, over, realized the guy had passed away. You know, for, I know you just said that, but um, I found it to be a little suspicious. Because I know, I know uh, Carrie Fisher, God rest her soul. She was a partier back in the day. Something tells me they came home at the same time and they were partying together and doing whatever he died of together. They went to sleep. He passed away in his sleep. And then the story goes as the story is told. I feel it was so suspicious that she had to say that she, she went home early. But then he had to come sleep in her bed. It just seems odd. They were partying together. For some reason, they're sleeping in the same bed together, and he dies in the bed. And she's also really obsessed about this. Like, she can't handle the fact— She She says that
1: that she she feels like his death is her responsibility. Because she
0: should have gotten up and noticed that— and really, if a guy sneaks into your bed, you are you're, you went to bed at 11, he sneaks in at 4, he dies at 6, you wake up at 8. Like, what were you really going to do? Yeah. I, I, who wakes up in the middle of the bed and checks to see if everybody's alive, like in the middle of the night? Yeah. I think that they were partying together and she has a little bit of guilt that they were partying together and then he passed away and she didn't. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Maybe that she was enabling, maybe that she, you know, this is what I think because she was, I mean, the fact that she had to come, remember we looked at each other during this show and you looked at me and you were like, why would she tell this story? Why? Why? Because it got so, it was so much more than like, there's a specter in my room It was a story of a lost friend that she blames herself for. It was not celebrity ghost stories. It was like celebrity trauma therapy stories.
1: Yeah, the haunting was really secondary to all of this. The haunting was really secondary because, like I said, it was just a weird—the man passed, then there's a weird feeling in the house, and then a toy goes off. So it was pretty—it was pretty basic. Basic. Yeah, basic, baseline haunting. Yeah. Um, it did seem to be more about emotional closure. Yes. And therapy. It it seemed like a therapeutic uh, moment for her.
0: Also, fairly certain this is the last thing she did before she died.
1: Oh, no, it's Star Wars cuz she was filming it while she passed, remember? Yeah, but Rogue they probably one?
0: filmed Rogue they probably no, she wasn't in Rogue One, was she? No, she wasn't in, no, Rogue, she one. Wasn't in Rogue One. The she most was in the first recent one. one.
1: Yeah, the, the most recent one that we just it just I, I, came out. I,
0: Oh, yeah, I guess. She's in it. But I feel like they filmed that so long ago. But, all right, yeah, maybe. Maybe. This was
1: definitely 100% not the last thing All right. she did. Well, it was in reg- 2009.
0: Regardless, um, it was an odd situation. To <laughs> Why to... do
1: you want this to be the last thing that I she did? I just think it would be
0: creepy. <laughs> it would be creepy. You brought,
1: you, I think you brought that up last night, too. You're like, this is the last <laughs> thing she did? Like, it was 10 years ago. Listen, it was
0: creepy, okay? But uh, it, was a, it was a it was a spooky situation. But I also feel like when, like, the person who came in to sort of exercise the ghost or, like, the uh, person to tell her that, yes, this may... Is here. Uh, he's trapped in this house. He's trying to. He's trying to get inside of you. Uh, that's another thing that the ghost whisperer said when they came over. When does one of those people come over and go? Nah, they ain't no ghosts here, man. You're crazy, and then leaves. Uh... I feel like nine, ten times out of ten, when you call somebody over who has the power to feel a Speak ghost. To the this, dead. Yeah. They're going to find it,
1: right? Yeah, of course.
0: Okay. Just checking.
1: It was and this was interesting because like what we said this the story felt very basic and then it Comparing it to John Waters' story, which is next, his story was so vivid, so bizarre, right. which is um, – I'll just get into it if like, if we can move on sure. from Carrie Fisher. Um, so John Waters, as a, as a young boy, went to a sleepaway camp. I think he was 10 or 12 in the story. And at one night in the sleepaway camp, all the younger campers go with three of the camp counselors deep into the woods to camp outside. They're deep, deep, deep into the woods. And they, um, they they pitch camp. They put up their tents, they build a fire, they're roasting marshmallows. The counselors get into telling ghost stories. And then one very charismatic counselor tells a story about a camper that passed, that died uh, on a trip just like this. And how that cam- how that camper, uh, his ghost now haunts these lands. And then all the kids go to sleep and they're all kind of freaked out and the tension is built. And then they slowly but surely realize all the counselors counselors are gone and then they start hearing noises from the woods so it's clear that the counselors have set these kids up to tell the story to scare them and they're now fucking with the kids so john waters he goes out into the woods to confront the counselor so he's like i know what y'all are doing okay i'm i'm in on it i'm pissed you didn't include me i'm going to go find you he goes out into the woods and instead of finding a counselor he finds a an orb It's sort of floating there and the orb comes to him and it reveals itself to be an old man's face um, accompanied by the smell of powdered sugar. And, um, spooky, delicious. He's looking at this face and he knows something is off. He's, he's in shock. He's not scared, but he's just like, what the fuck is going on? Totally taken by surprise by something that is truly unexplainable. And then another counselor, then the counselor comes up to him and finds him is also staring at the face, but the counselor is terrified. And then the face starts popping out its teeth one by one. And. Them. And the counselor is freaked out. And John Waters realizes in this moment that he feels okay. He is more mesmerized by something he can't explain. And he realizes there's no reason to have fear and that he can be uh, drawn to something that is odd, that is um, outside of the normal experience. And that the counselor, he, he, he says from that moment on, he realizes that he will never be scared and the counselor will always be
0: scared. Yeah, that was big. That was big time that statement also i found it um interesting that in the middle of the story when he was talking about the relationship that he had with his counselor um and that he looked up to him and he thought he was really cool which that is a normal situation for like a young a camper totally. to look up to the a camp counselor i remember my camp counselor yeah.
1: she only wore thongs i thought she was so cool
0: <laughs> he had to um Explain, like, well, he was handsome, and I guess maybe I I found him, you know, attractive. No, listen, Uh, maybe I found him attractive uh, in some way, but I I think it was mostly... But, you know, you don't hear the interviewer asking questions. Clearly, the interview had asked John Waters, hey, do you think he was attractive or something? Is that why you liked him? And then he was like, well, I, I get, like, because his answer was like, I, I guess I thought he was attractive. It's like, interviewer guy, come on, man. Yeah. Why do you have to be, you have, we have to get that story out in ghost stories? Like, ooh, you liked an older man. Like, fucking leave it to the ghosts.
1: Yeah, I'm glad um, that your retelling of that went, in the direction it just did because I thought you were about to say that he was like yeah he could have been handsome and that you were gonna leave it like he clearly had a crush on him because John Waters went out of his way to be like I didn't have a crush on this guy I just thought he
0: was cool why would you have to give that information out if it wasn't of you? it's like come on producer
1: totally 100 percent, don't be a creep but then John Waters sort of like he credits this experience as shaping his artistic vision in terms of big abstract ideas of being drawn to things that are abnormal and not being scared of them and embracing that and i thought that was incredible especially when it's you know it's back to back with carrie fisher's haunting where a toy went off in a closet
0: yeah and this one was like a lot more visual like he was like i saw an old man's face and was like you know not like a toy going off in a closet but uh that one was a lot of fun next incredible next up uh which which was that what was the next one
1: uh uh golden girls
0: oh rue mcclanahan This one was a little interesting. This one, uh, uh, Rue McClanahan had a best friend, a man. uh, Since since, fourth grade. Since fourth grade. And they stayed best friends as close as you possibly could be without being romantic uh, for his entire life. He got um, some sort of a disease. Uh, He passes away. Rue McClanahan and uh, a, a third friend, Catherine, Catherine,
1: Catherine, that shady bitch. <laughs> there was something going on. So anyway,
0: uh, long story short, wait,
1: get into the Catherine thing. Well, I, I will. Think that's I will.
0: I'm going to focus mostly on Catherine. I'm going to get through this <laughs> other part. So as this man is on his deathbed, Rue looks at him and says, listen, when you when, when, After you died, contact me somehow. As a matter of fact, use elec- electronics. Yeah, we'll we make it
1: an experiment. Use
0: a, do an electric.
1: We used to always play with your chemistry set yeah. as, ch- as children. Let's also make this an experiment. Use electricity to communicate with me. It
0: was a little too laid out, in my opinion. And then as soon as he passes away, downstairs in his mother's house, all the lights go out.
1: All the um, Res- what was Recess- recessed, <laughs> recessed lights,
0: whatever, recessed bulbs. She kept saying something very specific. And uh, you know, and then anyway, there was a third person in this house who apparently they all moved to Los Angeles together. Catherine
1: wasn't in the house; she had left. She she was there when he passed, and then she went home. So Rue goes to email her on her PC, on her personal computer, Uh, on my personal computer. And as soon as she writes out Rill's name, that was the friend who went to the other side, um, the the computer screen went all staticky like Like a a television and um, so she decides she'll call Catherine so she calls Catherine and she's like you know how are you feeling I wanted to check in with you and Catherine's like I'm okay but like last night when I came home after a real past the strangest things happened I went into the kitchen I turned on the lights all the recessive lights (laughs) they all burst or they all went dead and and so there's this whole thing with the lights going out um, in both houses and the computer screen getting staticky and then this is where she started to lose me is is she on the phone with Catherine when she turns around and sees Rill, and he says everything's fine no
0: that's later she calls her um, and then during that phone call uh, the call just kind of goes blank it sounds like there's like a busy signal And uh, she realizes she's not going to be able to say what's going on on her end without seeing her in person. Eventually, she comes over. They talk about it. Then a few weeks later, Rue McClanahan is cleaning up um, Rill's things, his belongings, touching all of the things that he owned. And then she looked uh, over her shoulder and Rill was sitting there in a wheelchair and said, it ain't no big deal. Yeah. And then kind of left.
1: You said it kind of like a a brusque um broker
0: is brusque of word <laughs> <laughs> brusque. you um, said it
1: like then like a guy no, who's like on the construction say what site it was. say construction what it was site. i was being brusque <laughs> <laughs> a guy on a construction site
0: it ain't no big deal <laughs> i was being brusque it's easy but that's what he said ain't no big deal rue and then um and then rue is like that meant everything to me Ain't no big deal. That means passing over ain't no big deal. That means life ain't no big deal. That means it's all part of one thing. It's all ain't no big deal. You know. Basically, uh, she's saying that they never believed in an af- afterlife while Rill was um, was alive, but w- since he's passed, it's very hard for her to den- deny it. Yeah, she says she it's saw. undeniable. So she believes in an afterlife based on this. Um what I thought was interesting was throughout the entire story it was laced with shade against Catherine. Yeah. Catherine this third friend she didn't <laughs> stay over the night that that real passed away. Uh, sh- she made a point to say that when they moved to Los Angeles they were all friends but honestly Rill and me were very close. Yeah. She's like, like Rill
1: and I were closer. This
0: third wheel situation seems like it was a lot of fun for Rue and Rill and not for Catherine.
1: Yeah. Poor Catherine. I feel bad for Catherine.
0: Catherine getting a lot of shade. Uh, Rue seemed like she was really it seemed like she had a lot of time to think about the story and has told the story a lot. Yeah. Because the way she was telling it was so presentational. hundred percent. I mean even up to the recess lights uh talking about brusque responses. I mean, she was really getting it. It felt
1: it. like someone, it felt like a moth champion, someone who was like um, doing their, their 12th time at the moth Yeah, and the, the knew moth, all the beats.
0: The moth, look it up. It's a storytelling it's, competition.
1: Yeah. and she, or, or like a woman who is just like a, a grandma that's told the same story at Thanksgiving yeah. for 20 years. Like,
0: like, okay, grandma, we get it. Real, your friend <laughs> who you wanted to fuck forever is dead. <laughs> Pass the peas.
1: Yeah, we all should have recessed life. In our house.
0: Um, and uh, can we not talk about r- real today, Grandma? <laughs> Anyway, so then the third one was Furio from The Sopranos. Can't remember that guy. His name is like uh, Constanze Lucci or something. Now, like...
1: something I found about him that was so interesting was I found him to be insanely respectable in this. Like, I think that there is going to be an instinct to point him as an opportunity uh, to to categorize yes. him as an opportunist because, because of his the... level of fame. Exactly, because he's a D lister. But him, he he was he was a a man who seemed very much to have his shit together. He. He seemed very eloquent in his um, presentation of the story and it's just it, it starts off with him being a painter yeah. and looking for more studio space and yeah. you realize you're like oh this is a renaissance man Furio is a freaking yeah. renaissance man yeah
0: he was my favorite character when he got introduced on the Sopranos 100%
1: because
0: uh, you know eventually he has a relationship with Carmela but you know spoiler alert but when they bring they like bring him in from the old country to yeah. like start like really you're like oh heads. oh Oh, you think that these uh, American uh, mafia guys are badasses? Nah, I'm gonna bring in a special guy from uh, Sicily or whatever, and uh, this guy Furio, he barely speaks any english did he speak english on the show yeah he did like, i remember him being very much off the boat and like wanting to like hit people with baseball bats and kill people <laughs> and i was like yeah Because the sopranos i know this is a little offshoot but i always uh expected i always when i was a kid watching it there would be long stretches where there wouldn't be any like murders or violence uh and it would just be tony sitting and uh talking and watching the life. birds yeah for like <laughs> three episodes that's long when you're a kid and you have to wait for him Anyway, Furio quickly tells this story. He got commissioned to do paintings in which his personal studio couldn't fit. There were they were two huge canvases. So he had to go. He went to I guess he lived in probably Manhattan. He uh he uh, knew a guy who there was like an old mansion that but that was uh, I don't know if it was mentioned to him beforehand or not, but it was previously used as like a church, a Catholic church, and he grew up Catholic. You know, so it meant something to him. And he went in. It was abandoned. The only person that was living there was a, was a father that was still living on the top floor. But father he, as in a priest. As in a priest. Yes. Uh, so he was, um, he was, he had the whole bottom floor, this huge studio. He loved it. The natural light that was coming through the, um, you know, the windows and everything. And he, he thought it was perfect. So he sets up shop there in New Jersey. Truly
1: describing an artistic dream. Yeah. You know, he's in this giant room. He's listening to classical music. Yeah. He's painting. He's in the zone. He says that he was in an alpha state. Yeah. I mean alpha brainwave. So he's like really like super focused, super hypnotic, like working in a meditative yeah, it's state. It's kind of
0: like us in this podcast. Exactly. Same. Same. So, um so he's uh doing some painting and he knows that nobody's there and he's he's painting late at night and there was a, always a door that he didn't know where it led to. This is classic creepy shit. It always stayed closed. As he's really in this alpha state and he's getting in the corner of his eye, he thinks he sees something. He looks over that door. The door is open and there is a little girl staring at him. And he goes, hey, hello, Uh, is anybody there? Uh, Then the girl runs away. And then he goes and looks and it's a hallway. And uh, he doesn't see anything.
1: And there was the the way he described the distance is he was like, there was no way she could have cleared the hallway by the time I got there. So I went there and she was there was no one there. And that's just impossible. Right. Because of the distance.
0: So he gets a little freaked out about and that.
1: Also, sorry to interrupt, Nick, my dear. But it was like also one in the morning, two in the morning. So he's like, why is this little kid, you know, peering in, watching me paint in this so-called abandoned uh, building at 1, 3 a.m.?
0: So later that uh, week, he runs into the man who lives upstairs, father, priest. whatever his name is, and uh, says, hey, listen, I was doing my painting down here. It's pretty late. I saw is there a, is, is, is I saw a person downstairs. Uh, is there somebody who lives here? And uh, the priest says, oh, you've met her. And he's like, oh, I, di- I didn't know anybody else lived here. Who? And he's like, oh, no, it no one's living here that that's that's a ghost that's a a girl and then proceeds to tell the story about this girl um in the depiction of this story, the reenactments, this is where Ashley starts losing her shit.
1: I, kids creep me out, man. They're
0: just doing really classic, like, uh, telling a story about when the nuns used to live there. And then, like, they would feel a girl touch their back and turn around and see her there. And it was like they were showing all of this sort of imagery. But
1: you know where, the, like, the image, like, blinks on and off on the screen. Yeah. And it's like, oh, like, I mean, the weird sound <laughs> effects happening where the girls, you know, vanishing before our eyes. Yeah. Was, and she had died in a fire, and for some reason they also had to show yeah, us that she was why burned. Did
0: they show, why did they show her trapped in that room about to perish in a fire? I
1: don't know. That was unnecessary. It was
0: unnecessary. Anyway, Furio hears this story, gets freaked out, and he actually shows the interviewer that his hair is standing on the top of its hairs. Wow, how on dare his you arm. do that
1: to him with that New Jersey <laughs> accent that he does not have at all? I
0: don't know. But uh anyway, he was Clearly freaked out by it, and he said that yeah. he wouldn't work there at night anymore.
1: He his story was maybe the most compelling, just because he was so calm. He was presenting it in such a way where it didn't seem like some it didn't seem like a parlor trick that he's right. bringing up at parties all the time. It just seemed like a real thing that happened to him that he was. Um, you know i believe him
0: also even though maybe they didn't see these all of the uh, all of the celebrities before him and on the other episodes that we've seen uh, always to me seem like they were very open to this sort of experience. Yeah. Even if they said that they really weren't, to me, like John Waters was talking about being 10. He's like, I didn't believe in ghosts. Like, you're John Waters. In the back of your mind, you probably believe that there's something interesting you're happening You're John Waters.
1: There. You're living in a magical world. Yes.
0: You know what I mean? Like, whether you realize it or not, this guy who played Furio, like, was like, man, I had never uh, thought about there being a friggin' ghost. But. Stop
1: doing this to <laughs> Furio. Stop doing that accent to Furio. He's not a Goomba. He
0: was like, you made a believer out of me there. I don't even... Uh,
1: oh my. God. Anyway, he was an eloquent, well-spoken man. My two Ash favorite stories... I kind of am. My two favorite stories were John Waters and Furios. I found them to be the most entertaining carrie fisher's was the most um like emotional roller coaster we went on because she's crying on camera and talking about how she feels responsible for her friend's death but her the ghost story itself was like literally a toy went off you know it's it's hard to really i'm not convinced by that and Mm -hmm. then um what's her name from Rue. uh, rue from golden girls you know hers was just so based on lights yeah. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing was just, and then the lights went out. And that, that to me is, that's just an electronic, that could, that could be a glitch, yeah. you know. Um, but John Waters looking at a, a floating face, you know, in the woods, teeth popping out. And then Furio seeing a 10 year old girl at 3 a.m. watching him that, and she has this backstory. Those, I'm, I'm more inclined to believe full body apparitions.
0: I don't know what that means.
1: It means seeing a, a ghost, a specter. A means ghost? Seeing... Okay, um, what's up with you, man? It's time to go. Wow. It's time to That go. was quick.
0: Yeah, it's time to go. Wow, why? Uh, because you have to move the car. <laughs> See, that's the thing, guys. We have time limitations here, all right? Uh, and it's Ashley's turn to move the car because I got the coffees. Uh, but you know what? We did a fine episode today. If you hate us, say hey, fuck yourself. But I know you don't. <laughs> I know you don't. I know you love us and i know you want to listen to us every single week and i want you you want to subscribe to us on uh, apple Podcasts. tell a friend itunes you want to listen to us on soundcloud if that's your thing uh you can find us just search reality blows on soundcloud
1: and i would like to just go ahead and say go listen to last monday's show the vacation episode where we did field recordings from seattle and washington state we had so much fun it's one. it's a cherished episode of mine And um, I just want, if you haven't had a chance to give it a listen, please do. And follow us on Twitter at Reality Blows Pod. Email us at Reality Blows Podcast. I'm on Twitter, Ashley B. Roberts.
0: You can find me on Instagram at Nick Maritato, M-A-R-I-T-A-T-O. And we will talk to you next time. Don't forget, we'll be talking Champs versus uh, Stars. Uh, uh, That will be out on Wednesday. Um, And uh, please uh, uh, enjoy your lives. Goodbye.